Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kids and Gibbs, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. We got my main man, Grayson Boone, in the building once again. We're going to be talking a huge weekend in which we we both forgot our ice cream. Uh, we both forgot our ice cream, but... Who uh, is, uh, who's we? Oh, oh, it's not we. It's me. Who's we? It's me. It's I just crap. me. It is just me. Grayson came prepared to eat his ice cream. I did not. I did not. But don't worry. If we get two more wins back to back off these men's and women's teams, trust me, I'm gonna have my ice cream ready next time. I can guarantee you <laughs> that much, Wolfpack Nation. I let you down this time. Luckily, our men's team nor our women's team let us down this weekend. We are going to talk the win in in Winston Salem. We're going to talk the upset of Notre Dame and Reynolds. We are going to talk all things Wolfpack basketball today. Grayson, are you ready to get into it? I'm fired up for this one. What a weekend we just had. A great weekend. An excellent weekend. Lighted red type of weekend. But before we do, I've got to tell you all that this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. Folks, stick around because we have a great episode coming your way. We're again, we're going to talk all things Wolfpack basketball. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Wolfpack fans, we saw some absolutely beautiful things this weekend, and, and it is it is very tough to encapsulate how good of a weekend this was because there were so many things that that went right for the pack. But mainly, we're going to start it with the 79-77 win. By the way, by the way now, I'm going to ask all the Wolfpack fans out there this. Tell me, and, and if, I, if I'm wrong, y'all can go ahead and, and never listen to this podcast again. Tell me another podcast that guessed the game as closely as we did. Tell me. Tell me what. Name one, because I believe both of us had 79 in the score. We just thought that Wake Forest would be scoring 79. And I said it was going to be 79 to 80. And you said what? I think I had 83. I had us hitting a couple more free throws, which we had our opportunity there. But we almost nailed it exactly. I'm just saying. I'm just. You talk about folks doing their homework? You talk about folks that get into it? Now, granted, we ain't going to talk about our prediction for the women's game. Because, boy, that one was just miles off. But... But, boy, I'll tell you what, what a game we saw. DJ Burns was absolutely dominant. You know, people keep saying he's got nothing but that little drop step to the left. Well, guess what? He drop stepped, his, he drop stepped to the left his way on in the 31 points. He led this team on a ferocious comeback in Winston-Salem. What are your initial thoughts and takeaways from this game, Grayson? Yeah, I, I want to talk about something that didn't go right. And that's because the boy was going left. DJ Burns, let the big dog eat, uh, took over, completely took over. Uh, you know, that's, I don't know if anyone would have seen something like that coming. Uh, you know, we've seen flashes in DJ this year. Of, you know, him, him just dominating the paint can can completely take over a game, uh, you know, if you let him per se. And uh, Wake Forest absolutely let him. 
it, it got to a point where it was funny. Like I would laugh when we would throw the ball inside because I thought to myself, you know, surely they're not going to let him drop another bucket on him again. And it got to be like, what, five in a row, six in a row. Yep. Every time we went down the court, we're just handed up the DJ. It's like, uh, it's, a, it's in the movie, uh, kicking and screaming, give the ball to the Italians, get the ball, give to, the the ball to DJ Burns and get out of the way. Cause that man's going to put the ball in the bucket. Um, what an effort, uh, you know, completely put the team on his back. You know, Jarkel did some heavy lifting himself, but you know, this is the, this is the DJ Burns game. Yeah. Trademarked. It, it surely was a DJ Burns game, but again, talking about the accuracy of locked on Wolfpack for a second. What did I say was going to be the deciding factor in the difference? I said, <laughs> I trust our guards down the stretch to make one or two plays more than I, I trust their guys down the stretch. And what ended up happening, despite foul trouble that kept him out for a lot of the game, Jaquavian Smith comes up with one of the biggest buckets of the night. Jarkel Joyner puts the game away with a few free throws himself. In essence, our guards, when it when it was winning time, as Reggie Miller called it, we you know, they showed up and won the game. That yeah, definitely, you know. Credit to credit to Keats as well, keeping the guys to stay in the fight. You know, the first half got off to a bit of a rough start and some early foul trouble with Baby T. Uh, even Greg Gant had to come off the floor there pretty early on. But uh, you know, credit to Keats for keeping the guys moving. Uh, you know, he he preaches a lot about handling adversity and pushing through no matter what. Uh, what an example we just got this past weekend. They they just kept fighting. You know, this is some, the the real team identity we've kind of noticed here. Uh, recently is they just don't give up ever, which is, you know, that's the mantra for NC State. But you're starting to see it, like game in and game out. They just – you can't kill them. They, they won't die. So, um, yeah, what a win to come back and steal away from Wake Forest. You know, there were several moments where it looked like, you know, it was going to be the, uh, you know, the, the dagger for Wake Forest, and we just kept punching back. Uh, you know, a lot of that was uh, Jarkel and DJ, but, you know, can't, can't give enough credit to guys like Casey Morsell. Uh, didn't fill out the stat sheet a whole lot, but his defense was stellar. Um, you know, as it mostly always is, he's he's all over the place. But right. um, you know, Greg Gant, even with some foul trouble, picked up ten boards. He might have done nothing else in the game, but he had ten boards. You know, that was something that was very crucial going into Winston to make sure we stay up on the rebounds. So uh, you know, a, a team that shoots as well as they do, they don't get those extra opportunities. So you know, very very much a team win. Uh, very proud of the guys, the way they competed. Uh, I mean, just just stunned and thrilled. I I am. Um, Greg Gant dropped a real Draymond Green type beat type of game here. Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> Ten rebounds. What was it? One or two steals and and yeah. no points whatsoever. But you know what though? That's the beauty. That's another thing that this team is starting to be known for. It's starting to be known for people knowing their roles, right? Absolutely. Like, DJ Burns' role is the score. Is he a madman for posting somebody up at the three-point line? Absolutely. That is that is very villainous behavior. It is very, very unhinged behavior. He did it. And we actually got a bucket out of that possession. So, you know, you, you do what you do there. But seriously, this team, it's and, – and I understand that everything comes a little better when you're winning. The ice is colder. You know, the 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 air is better. The food is better. Everything tastes better when you're winning. But this seems to be a team that everybody genuinely enjoys their role. And here's the most interesting thing about this team. 
imagine how good they're going to be when they get Miritich and Jack Clark back. Imagine what this team is going to look like at that point. Because DJ Burns has been doing a spectacular job with rim protection, two blocks in this game, two steals as well. But he's not the rim protector that Miritich is. He's he's just not. Or what is it, Mahorchich? Am I pronouncing Mahorchich? He's not the rim protector Mahorchich is. He just doesn't have a lateral movement, doesn't have the same type of length. But he does have great anticipation. I will give him that. You know, following uh, Mahorchit's injury and then uh, losing Jack Clark as well, I've been super impressed with the team effort in rebounding. You know, those are your top two rebounders. To lose both of them in a span of just a couple games and Mm -hmm. then have to play basically a whole other month without them, I think we've only been out-rebounded once, and I think it was at UNC. All, all, Let's see, we played seven games, I think, without them. We're six and one on the boards without our top two rebounders. You can't give enough credit to the guys for rallying around each other uh, and deciding, like, we got to do the little things right if we're going to come out with a win here. And they've been doing the little things right. So, you know, very fun, very fun to go into Winston and steal a win. Uh, you know, I, I I saw Steve Forbes, the Wake Forest coach, he was he was taking shots at the, the Wake crowd a little bit, so got them pretty riled up. You know, I, I heard the, uh, the Winston – uh, student section was yelling whopper at DJ. Uh, I can only imagine that just fired him up a little bit more. Uh, yeah, he dropped 31 on their head, so you can take that for your for your whopper. But, um, yeah, I mean, what a win. I also want to give a lot of credit to, uh, you know, guys like E.B. Dewana. He had another Tony Snell-type uh, stat line, no points, no boards, no assists, but he had three humongous blocks uh, down the stretch in the late second half that really changed the uh, – Changed a lot of the, the dynamic moving forward uh, as we continue to claw back into that game. But um, I also thought it was very funny that one of the few times they did decide to double up on DJ, he flung a pass through the key, found a wide open LJ Thomas. He drained a three. You know, I, I really think that he's been a bit of an unsung hero for much of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, playing well above his class as just a freshman. Uh, been very impressed from what I've seen out of him. But all in all, great win. Um very excited to, you know, get to the next one. We got Florida State tomorrow night. And I'm going to tell you this. That Florida State team has been playing above their heads as of late. That is definitely – that's the definition of a trap game, right? Oh, absolutely. Home, you're relaxed. You've got a team that doesn't look good on paper coming in. Don't pick up a quad for a loss. Don't they do They are absolutely 110% better than what their record says they are. I mean, they almost took out Clemson the other night as well. So, they, they're, they're just as good as you would – you would expect any AC team to come into Raleigh and play. So gotta gotta show up for that one, no doubt. And that's my point exactly. You you can't play around with that. You can't there's nothing that you can do there that's that's you know, at the end of the day, you need to prepare the right way. And again, it's about the maturity of this team. It's about the maturity of this team because this is a team that you look at and you say to yourself, how do we handle the level of success that objectively we haven't seen in what? five years or so in at Raleigh, least, yeah. at, at least five years in Raleigh, where we're sitting in a great position. We're sitting in a position to where, you know, in terms of even in the ACC standings, I don't believe we're, we're what, the sixth or seventh team right now. So, I mean, yeah. this is, this is not, this is not a situation where we can afford to rest on our laurels and say, all right, the hay's in the barn, folks. We're looking at – we're actually fifth in the conference. We're fifth in the conference right now. So, you know, and three games back of the leader, which is Clemson. So with that being said, again, 
we cannot say to ourselves, hey, we got it, the haze in the barn, everything's over. No, that's not the case. That's not the case at all. This team has to be mature. They have to go about their business the right way. They have to be prepared because at first you were sneaking up on folks. You know, early in this season, people were like, wow, I mean, we didn't expect them to be this close. And then we pulled out a player or two at the end to get it done. Now people are expecting you. People are expecting a good team when they see the red and white from state. So how do we go about that? That's going to be the question. That's going to be the response. And again, how do you carry yourself now that you're expected to be a good team? What does that look like, right? That's going to be important and orthogonal to this team having a good season down the stretch. We're going to talk about the massive win in Reynolds on Sunday. But before we do, I've got to talk to you all about FanDuel. Folks, it is very clear, and I hope that everybody knows here, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in the country. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet your Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line, the point spreads, to who will score the first touchdown. So trust me, this safe, secure, and easy-to-use app is where you need to be. Best of it all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. You don't have to wait till you get up to $1,000 or whatever to cash out. No such thing is the case with FanDuel. So join FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your first no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Official Sportsbook Partner of the NFL. Grayson, we're looking at this upset of Notre Dame, okay? And Coach Ivy's done a great job over there. And top 10 team in the country. They came in here and, 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 you know, it was a situation where I thought, for whatever reason, we'd been hot and shooting the past couple games. And so I thought, hey, the hot shooting was nice, but I don't think that that's who we are as a team this year. And boy, did they shut me up. Boy, did they put a, a, a hush on me because they won this game 69-65 to 65 over Notre Dame. Tell me, what did you take away from this game, Grayson? Uh, the hardest substance in the world is a diamond. And thank goodness mm. we have one of those on our team. Diamond Johnson, that was, that was probably one of her best games, I'd say, this year by far. That felt like, uh, like this is the sort of game that, you know, this is these are the games that she transferred to NC State for. You know, she she knew she had to show up. She knew she had to be the leader in this game. And by God, was she the leader for this game? You know, she finished with 20 points. I think she hit four out of nine threes. Uh, yep. You know, every three that she hit felt like a huge moment, a, a big momentum shift. It was like every time Notre Dame tried to, you know, get back in the game, pow, another three from Diamond. So mm-hmm. big shout out to Diamond, uh, you know. Great, great effort. She also got eight boards, which is hilarious for her being the shortest player on the court. Uh, you know, that that really speaks to her heart and her hustle um, in a game of this magnitude. I thought we played pretty solid defense, um, you know, all through, um, maybe minus the first quarter. Um, you know, they Notre Dame just had really good shooting. But the, the last three quarters, I thought we were all over the place. I think, you know, Madison Hayes and Sanaya Rivers, 
another thing. They they had kind of like a Casey Morsell type game where there might not be that many numbers in the box score, but they were all over the place. They covered the whole court. So um, very impressed with what I saw defensively. Uh, we pretty pretty efficient offensively, which is not exactly something we've seen a whole lot of this year. So I, I guess if we picked a game to get up for, uh, it was a good one to, to, to show up and show out for. So, uh, you know, credit to the ladies. Humongous win in terms of momentum, uh, in terms of the standings. Couldn't have come at a better time for this team. Three in a row. I've said this multiple times, and I may be wrong about this as well. I, I said this, and I Rivers was one year away from superstar territory. And boy, I'll tell you what, I could have been wrong about that. I could be wrong about that, but in the sense that she may be speeding up that timeline even faster than we thought. Her ability to um, give Olivia Miles fits and the ability of this team to truly be dedicated to trusting a game plan and not playing a name. One thing that a lot of teams tend to do against Olivia Miles is try so hard to smother her that you end up giving her easy driving lanes. And when you give her easy driving lanes, that equals easy passing lanes. When you give her easy passing lanes, she can pass to a Maddie Westbell who's going to knock down the shot. She's going to pass to um, a uh, the young woman who got hurt, uh, Mabry. She's going to pass to a Sonia Citron who's going to knock it down. In this game, all game, they went under every screen against her. They went under everything and met her on the other side of it and were like, hey, friend, how are you? If you want to get to the room, you, you're going to have to get by me. But to see you not. here. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what's going on. And so, you know, being dedicated to that and, and not playing the name and being disciplined in that was absolutely amazing. But again, Sanaya Rivers' ability to give her fits off the bench was just like, I think we're, we're probably looking at three straight uh, NC State players winning six player of the year um, for, for this team. Because again, Sanaya is just an instant spark. And like you said, her numbers don't look big if you did not watch the game. If you did not watch the game, her numbers don't look big. If you watched the game, all of her points, I believe, at least two of her buckets, but I want to say all of her points, came off of uh, passes that she took taken the other way and gotten out in the break and made a layup. All of her That's where all of her points came from. So with that in mind, that to me says very clearly and very easily, this is somebody – that you have to be on your P's and Q's against when you think you're making an easy pass, there's no such thing when you're passing it to somebody that Miss Rivers is checking. No such thing. You're going to struggle every time there. And then on top of that, like you said, that that one-liner about the toughest substance in the world, I absolutely love it because Diamond did show up huge. And like you said, the smallest player on the court but led NC State in rebounding. That's what you love to see. And you knew – with with Notre Dame's bigs, we were probably going to be out rebounded. But if we showed up and did team rebounding, if we showed up and as a team said, "Hey, we need to do what we need to do um, just to you know generate enough uh, second chance points or generate enough times where we can end their possessions with one and dones, we'll get out of here with a win." That was the case. That was the case here, and it was good to see. It was really really good to see here. I mean. This is, again, this game, absolutely massive for us. Like you said, three straight wins, but not just the three straight wins. The fact that you have a top 10 team coming into Reynolds 
and you make it very clear. Anybody that's coming in here is going to have a hard time. That's exciting. Is there any lesser known thing or, or thing that's not being talked about a ton that you want to kind of point out as like, hey, you know, we should be paying more attention to this coming out of this game? Well, I mean, kind of circling back to what I mentioned about the defense, we did turn Notre Dame over, I believe it was 15 times or so, 14 or 15. That's mm-hmm. very uh, uncharacteristic for a Notre Dame team. They're very disciplined. Uh, you know, they take good care of the ball. And, you know, watching that game, you really felt like, you know, after that first quarter, they were shook. Like, they they were visibly shook because we were all over the floor. Uh, you know, there was there was one moment, I don't remember what quarter, what, uh, what quarter it was, but um, Mimi Collins had a big block and she hit the girl with a stank face on the way by. And I was like, oh, this – she she meant every bit of that. Like that, NC State feels comfortable right now. So, and you, I mean, they they looked comfortable. They they never felt like you know they there's any reason to panic. I, the 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 lead got a little bit shorter. Uh, they're right there at the end of the game, but yeah, I never felt like they were they didn't have it under control. So, uh, you know, credit to Westmore, credit the girls for getting up for a game that they really needed to have. Um, you know that that's a big win I don't know if I can emphasize that enough uh you know the the caliber that Notre Dame is uh you know to come for them to come into Raleigh and for us to defend our own house uh that'll that'll go a long way here the rest of the season and when I look at what there's the thing that I I noticed about this game that kind of went under the radar I hadn't heard a ton of people talking about is the fact that when I look at Madison Hayes and her energy and effort just her sheer, like, there's, I feel like the phrase, this person got that dog in them is like very overused, very overused. With her, it's very apt. She plays what I like to call pit bull defense. She is aggressive. She's in your face. She's going, uh, I remember there was a, a point in the game where I don't even think it was an AM1. I think she just got fouled by Olivia Miles on a. Oh, yes. A I remember what you're talking that about. She was going to make. And she's on the ground chirping like, yeah, this is what's going on. And it's just one of those moments where you look at a player and you say, that's the edge. That's that's the stuff that when you look at really good teams, there are all different types of ways to build really good teams, right? In the past, what we saw with um, Alyssa Cunane and Kai Crutchfield and company, it was a, a, a group of supremely talented individuals that all came together, knew their roles, and just, like, worked cohesively and calm and, you know, very level, very even kill. That's just what that team was. This team is something different, and they need something different sometimes. This team needs somebody to be that uh, – I believe it was – it was uh, I want to say it was, like, Aristotle or something that said that they're, they're a gadfly that cause, causes you to question yourself. It's, it pokes and prods at you and makes you – have those questions and, and all that good stuff. Well, she's that just for the energy. She brings that intensity that just, it, it pokes this team and says, hey, wake up. We're in a game here. We're in a ball game. We're in one of the best arenas. Set out every game. We're in one of the best conferences, playing one of the best teams. It's time to bring it. And she brings that energy again. It wasn't even the that one. She didn't make the shot. Didn't come close to making the shot. Didn't come yeah, close. That was- that was a big time moment where you could tell it's like, oh, they want it. They want this game. They are here and they want it. So, yeah, yeah. credit to the intensity. They were they were ready for Notre Dame to come in. Uh, yeah, I mean, did Again. everything that we had to do to take out a W for that 
for that uh, for that big atmosphere, you know. And again, something that won't ever show up on a stat sheet, but the crowd, outstanding showing by the, the by the fans, you know. Uh, you know, not exactly surprised because they do sell out just about every single home game in Reynolds, but the that there was like an electric atmosphere you could gather from just watching it on TV. You could hear yeah. they were louder. It just felt different. Uh, you know, so credit the crowd because the players absolutely feed off that sort of thing. So all in all, great win. Um, shout out to all the fans that came came through in Reynolds. You got it done just as much as well, not just as much as the players did, but you know what I'm trying to say there. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They were an important factor of it. They were an yeah, important absolutely. factor. It was it was at the end of the day, it's as a player, as a former player, I can tell you this. It feels different when the team's home crowd is ruckus and they're nasty and they're they're you can feel the energy. You can feel their passion. It's different than like fans who are like, oh, this is nice. This is cool. Yeah, we're, we're kind of here. This is a cool little vibe. It's a it's a very different scene. So Wolfpack Nation always shows up and shows out. And y'all did it again. And y'all and, and this is, again, a massive game. This team is Coach Keith talked about something to build off of. Same thing here. This is a this is the type of win that you go forward and you look at it and you say, hey, when we look at one of the turning points of our season, that was one of them. That was one of them. And, um, or this can be one of them if this team does go on and, and, you know, continue our winning ways of the past in terms of potentially going back to back to back to back uh, ACC tournament champs or winning another ACC regular season uh, championship, which, by the way, it looked like there was no way, right? Like, it looked like. Oh man, this is over. We can't get this done. There's no way that we're going to be looking at uh, potentially being in the conversation for winning this conference. And lo and behold, you know, we we go through that little stretch where we take a take a loss to Duke by double digits. We lose to Boston College at home, Duke and Boston College actually both at home, and then we go on the road and get drubbed by Florida State, and then we lose to. Uh, North Carolina and Carmichael's all of this happening in the six game stretch. And it's like, man, are we just, are we not that good? And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden you look up and with, I want to say, what is it? Eight games left to go with eight games left to go. We are two games out of first place and we just beat Notre Dame and we have to play Duke who is in that conversation for first place again so you know this is this is the stuff man this is the stuff this is the stuff that i talk about in terms of westmore being a winner where you just look up and you're like wait i thought we were having a rough season how are we two games out of first that's just that's what this team is that's what this team is so just as just as quickly as they're down they're right back climbing up so you know that's that's the kind of thing you expect from a westmore type team um you know this team it's it might have seemed different for a hot minute, but they're starting to kind of have the DNA of the you know the last couple teams that we've seen here in Raleigh. So you know, yeah, and, and again, it's a different team. It's a different team. They have different the 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 biggest thing that I noticed with the past teams that we saw was that you know sometimes they were so level headed and so poised that they, it felt like they believed that they could hit a switch at any time. It felt like that at some time. This team, it feels like sometimes there's moments where they don't know who's supposed to take over in that moment, number one. But number two, injury problems have kind of hurt this team, right? 
River Baldwin didn't play a ton, despite the fact that their bigs were having a pretty good game. Maddie Westbelt had a pretty good game here, and and she didn't play a lot because, of, of course, that knee injury that she was coming off of, she you know she looked like she wasn't one hundred percent healthy there at times. Jada Boyd was on a minutes cap as well, so you know this is a team that's getting healthy at the right time. They're going streaking at the right time. Everything's coming together at the right time. We're going to land this thing, but before we do, we want to get you a quick word from our sponsors. Also, let me talk to you all about Built Bar. Built Bar is one of the best tasting treats that you can imagine. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and calories, then you got to get a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know that my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise on the taste, then the thing for you is clearly Built Bar. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And that is per bar, folks. You can find these things in your local Walmart or Sam's Club or Lifetime Fitness. They're all over the place. So make sure that you get yourself some Built Bars. Get yourself some Built Bar Puffs or one of the boxes that has a variety of flavors or brownie batter or churro. Whatever you get, you can't go wrong if you're getting Built Bar. All righty, so we're about to land this thing. Now, Grayson, when I look forward to what we got coming up here for both of these teams, okay, the men have Florida State coming up. We talked about that a little bit already and how that's a little bit of a trap game and you don't you don't want to kind of let your guard down there. But the women's team is going on the road to take on Georgia Tech, a Georgia Tech team that, I mean, objectively, second to last in the conference, two conference wins so far this season. Is this a game that you're worried about, or is this like ho-hum, this team is mature enough and and more talented, or enough more talented than the Yellow Jackets to where you aren't really thinking twice about it? Uh, We are certainly more talented, um, and that's why I believe maybe it is a little bit of a trap game. You know, this was a humongous win. We just knocked over uh, Notre Dame. We got to go back on the road. That always kind of sort of screams trap game, uh, regardless if it's the men or the women, but Got to make sure we're we're getting off the bus for that one. You know, another ACC game, another ACC opportunity. You have to be able to get in there, take care of business. Um, and it's just at this point in the season, this is both for the men's team and the women's team. It's tunnel vision. There, you know, you're starting to hear more and more about bracketology and the seating. Just as much as you can. I know they're not listening to this, but if they do, as much as you can, tune all of that out because the only game that matters is the game that you are about to play. Regardless Absolutely. of who it is, regardless of what where they're ranked in the ACC at that point in time, just get off the bus and let them have it. Doesn't matter if they're the bottom of the ACC, middle of the ACC, whatever. Just handle your business, and you will get to where you're trying to go. Absolutely, and, I, and I'm gonna say this: I don't believe that this is a trap game only because I think that this is a Georgia Tech team that is virtually completely devoid of talent. But with that being said. The part of me that does say this could be a trap game is after coming off of a six-game six losing streak, they're 2-1 and one in their last three. So, you know, and yes, those wins did come against Syracuse and Clemson. Again, two more teams that aren't really highly regarded in the conference. But at the end of the day, we're only two games ahead of Syracuse in the conference. So 
we can't sit up here. The difference between us and and first place is bigger than the difference between us and Syracuse. So this team needs to come in and handle this thing the right way and get a win that, you know, it's not just about getting big upsets like Notre Dame. It's about being mature enough to take that energy and still carry it over into the next game. Don't say, oh, all right, we did it. We're on the four line, gals. We don't need to play hard anymore. Show up. And, of course, Westmore ain't the type to allow that. And Diamond Johnson and, and um, Madison Hayes and this team and Mimi Collins, I don't think that that's their constitution to be like that. But I'm just saying I think that that's, that's why I would say this isn't a trap game for us, just because of who they are and how they are. Thank you all so very much for coming out. Like always, y'all make this show what it is. Grayson talked about y'all and making the women's basketball team and their win what it is. Wolfpack Nation, y'all make it happen. Y'all continue to make it happen. We appreciate you every single time. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. Go Pack. You are locked on Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 